Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Racing Only Better ahead of Betfair's Super Saturday at Newbury. We cannot wait. This is a very big day. We were a little worried about field sizes, but not a bit of it. We've got loads of very competitive action to get stuck into. And of course, the Betfair hurdle is the feature and it looks to be a smashing field. Before we go any further, we need to say hello to the standard boys. Standard not in their ability to tip winners or anything, just mean that they're on every week. Kevin Blake, how are you? I'm excellent, Vanessa. Yeah, looking forward to getting stuck into a Super Saturday. Super Saturday. I wonder who came up with the slogan Super Saturday. Could you have done any better, Dan Barber? No, I like the slogan Get Stuck In, though. That's a good one. That might catch on somewhere. Okay. (laughs) Some cross promotion there. TC, thank God you're back in your box room. Shocker. I am, yeah. Oh, <laughs> what? Any, I mean, do you want to be any friendlier, or is that is that it from you today? It's not friendly. It's not friendly Thursday, is it? Come on. I've got to say, TC, <laughs> that was a sexy voice you pulled off on Wade in. You were like Barry. You were like Barry White. That's right. Yeah. I was melting at the knees. I, just... I look like I look like Barry White's bigger brother. Did I? <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. Uh, we better do a weather check with you, TC, had we not? I think it's weather time. Yeah. It's raining. See, the weather doesn't affect it because they got the frost covers down, but it's going to be a nice sunny Saturday once they do come up. So everyone's going to be deciding what the ground is. It's going to be good ground. Will it be fast, good ground, or will it be tacky, good ground? We won't, probably won't know until the first few times come in. Uh, and at Warwick, it's going to be it's good. Currently frozen in parts, which may which may account for a non-runner. We'll talk about a bit later. But yes, apparently it's meant to be decent ground there as well. So uh, okay. yeah, you're going to Warwick. Be warned, it's stu- it's um, student day. So it was packed last time. I, I was at a student's day last year. That was absolutely rammed. Good fun though. All good spirits. Can you just tell a 15-second anecdote whilst I put a log back in the fire that's just fallen out? <laughs> no, no I, I was looking on the BHA side for the weather uh, when it came to Warwick. And I, like I said, I just clocked it with student day. And they said they've got something, something in place to abate the noise that's going to be happening. Because they're that in the, of the course. So I'm not sure exactly how they're going to stop 2,000 pissed-up students making a noise. But they I'll be pretty, interested to see what Warwick can I... come up with. As I left there on New Year's Eve, it was already in full scream. They were all like, I think Don't Look Back in Anger was being played by some covers band and the kids were loving it. I say, let them have a good time and they'll be paying a few quid to the track as well, won't they? Is it quite close to the uh, track, the centre of the course? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's public land though. That well, middle bit it's gonna, it's gonna, it sounds like it's going to be a racket, isn't it? So Yeah. Okay, let's should we should we plow on here? Let's go, let's go down to Newbury. Um, kicks off at 1.15, but we are starting with the 150, which is the first race on ITV on Super Saturday at Newbury. And of course, because it's Betfair Super Saturday, we get to read out the full race titles. This is the 150, the Betfair multiples offer every Saturday handicap hurdle. It's a class three, it's over the three miles, and it may beg the question. What is that multiple offer every Saturday? Well, I am here to tell you that is bet 10 on racing multiples and get a free £10 bet. 
And you need to read the show's description because there's T's and C's and there's an opt-in situation. So please do read the show's description to get those T's and C's. Let's plow on. Who should we start with first? Not Kevin, but maybe Dan Barber. You look fresh, Dan. You deserve a first place slot here. You can go first in this three-mile handicap hurdle at Barbados Bucks. Is up at the top of the market, 11 to 4 for Harry Cobden and Paul Nichols. Paul, who's throwing lots of darts at the board this Saturday, which we would expect to see. And the next best in the betting is Annual Invictus for Chris Gordon. Uh, Freddie Gordon on board, claiming the seven, obviously, for the yard at 5 to 1. But Barbados Bucks is pretty strong favourite, Dan. Yeah, he is. But we've spent several episodes this season with Kev and I, certainly Kev saying, I'm going to take it to the max when David Maxwell has a chance. Well, David <laughs> Maxwell does have a chance here, but as an owner rather than a rider. And Tom O'Brien gets first go on Jatta Louie, a horse who once finished eighth in a Potemps final of um, a mark of 148, has been second off 146, now finds himself from a mark in the 130s and has Tom O'Brien, who will surely do a better job of settling him than Mr. Maxwell's managed the last twice. And... I'm playing it two-pronged. My main bet is on is on him, but I can't let West of the Bridge go untouched at eight-plus either because he's felt like a bit of a plot all season. He was He's dropped in the weights. He's now below his last winning mark to the tune of four pounds. Last time was better. I had him earmarked at the start of the week as a possible for this, and he's made it. But the the bigger view for me was the fact that we, we get to back Jataloo with Tom O'Brien. Okay, fair. The only reason Kevin doesn't have a view in this race is because he's boycotting it because David Maxwell is not in the saddle. He's that upset about the situation. What a repulsive angle for Dan Barber to lean into. I, I'm abs- I, I'm fit to walk out the door and protest, yeah. to be honest. But look, I'm a tolerant, tolerant man. As we found out over many years about me, one thing I am is tolerant. Well, I will work with Kev. absolutely anyone. <laughs> If the price is right, I'll tolerate him. <laughs> so, um, so I'll put up for Dan's disgusting angle. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, what about you, TC? How are you tackling this race? He's only not riding because he's such a whip-happy, ferocious jockey. He's scared of getting bad for Cheltenham, isn't he? <laughs> None of this quite riding style for our Dave. Um, come on now, Max. No, I, um, I literally was waiting for prices to come up. Um, on this, on we're recording this at two o'clock on Thursday. I was waiting for prices to come up. The first firm up made west of the bridge in nine to two shot. I thought, yeah, that's not that's all right, but I was hoping for a bit bigger. And then four firms came up, all made west of the bridge 12 to one. Yeah. So I must admit, I did scramble around trying to get some of that 12s, and it's currently best price 17 to two. But I mean, like, it's that's just being honest, but. I mean, even 17 to 2 is big, as, as as Dan said. I mean, I can see it being more of a 5, 6 to 1 shot if that, uh, for the reasons Dan said, really turned a corner uh, this time last year, winning four in a row. They reverted to front-running tactics last time. It was a good second to a, a Durham uh, inmate. And the third was eight and a half lengths away. So when you were considering maybe improvement that, that Harry got out of the winner, and the third who came into that on the back of a win was was well beaten. A third, I mean, the handicap has dropped from a pound, and that's you know that's that's really generous. Like and, and as Dan said again, four pound lower than all his last winning mark. The only negative thing is he if he does go forward again, there's four 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 of these who have gone forward in the recent past as well. So he will get 
he will get a lot of competition for the lead, or he should do. And he has had two bad runs at Newbury on his dance card, and he's only been here twice. So there are negatives. But yeah, I mean, if I had him in at five, six to one, and you can currently get a 17 to two, and it, if that's eight to one still there, uh, when when you listen to this, then I'd have to recommend a, a win only bet on West of the Bridge. It's worth looking at his SPs, I think, over the years, because he was 50s for, at Plumpton last season. Then he went off nines at Exeter when showing more, so similar to his last run. He then started a winning sequence, going nine to four, even money, 11 to one in a good race, and 11 to 10. And I agree with Tony. If this horse is ready, he'll be, he could be a big gambler, I think, even well into Saturday. Oh, lordy. Okay. Stay tuned for market updates on that front there. Let's move on to the 225 at Newbury over just shy of the three miles on the chase course. Of course, this is the Betfair Denman Chase and Hitman up at the top of the market, seven to four for Paul Nichols. Obviously, the race named after the horse that he trained. Next best, El Dorado Allen at five to two for the Tizard team. Brendan Powell in the saddle. Fanny and Destral with the cheap pieces on. Venetia Williams, Charlie Deutsch at five. Does he know? Kim Bailey, David Bass, sixes. Sam Brown in there at eights. Kalashnikov, Jesus thought he was long retired at 20s, only a 10 year old, sorry. Zanzar at 33s. That is your full Denman chase field. But Hitman Dan Barber at seven to four, having a first run off the back of bleeding when we last saw him. It's a no thank you from me. And from me. Thank now, you. I mean, my fingers get burnt opposing these horse, horses opposed loads. Il Rodoto, I was convinced, didn't want two and a half miles. He kept running over it and he eventually came good. I didn't want Hitman on my mind on his return, trying a longer trip. As it happens, I mean, he got so got the run of that race. Didn't really teach us anything. I was lukewarm on him at Kempton for stamina doubts. And I still sort of retain them at the top level. If you recall 12 months ago when Eldorado Allen won this race, um, I think it was Clandazobo, wasn't it, for the stable who who blew out a shortish price. So there is some previous on that score. And all I'm getting round to is an angle that you dropped in briefly there, Vanessa, is that Fanny and Destreval is the bet in this at five to one. I think that's a very, very big price. The yes. pieces. Yes. I, I yes. think the cheap yes. pieces are a, a big angle. You've also got Deutsch's back on for the first time this season. He's running a Hennessy and a Roland Merrick. He's run behind the likes of Sounds rushing into overdrive. Obviously, Lamille lost from the Hennessy, but he kept racing the same way. He was dropping the bridle and running through horses only late on. If the pieces and the jockey change help on that score, he's only three pounds off Hitman on time bomb figures. He's ahead of Eldorado Allen. He de- I know Eldorado Allen won it last year, but he's got the pens this time around. I- I've convinced myself that this is a really good bet, 5-1 to one fan in Destreval. In fact, I'd be happy to back him at 11-4+. to four plus. Love it. All aboard for me and Dan, the Fanny and Dastraval train. Kevin Blake, over to you. Yeah, I like El Dorado Allen in this, to be honest. Um, look, I think there, there's a bunch of very good handicappers in here, including Fanny and Dastraval. Um, El Dorado Allen clearly isn't one of the better graded horses around, but, but he, he, he's a good, solid graded horse. Um, he's operated around here before. Like, he ran all right in the King George, in fairness, and his two runs before that were solid. Um, I think cheap pieces will benefit him at this stage. Um, literally more than half of this field has kind of positive headgear on for the first time, which tells a small story. Um, like it, it isn't a super uh, grade two, but El Dorado Allen, like if he can get back to what he what he did probably in his first two starts this season, um, I, I think that might be enough. Um, not a bullish shout now. Really a tricky sort of a race, but 
Elder Adewale and I thought might just have a little bit too much class. I, like, I think there's a gap between very good handicappers and even middle of the road graded horses. And um, I think Elder Allen might be able to hammer that uh, hammer that theory home here by going and winning. Okay, Elder Allen currently five to two, second best in the market. Fanny and at fives. TC, throw another one into the mix. Why don't you? Yeah, I mean the first thing that strikes you about this is um, I don't know if Mark uh, Win Stanley's still writing in the Star, but he, if he is, he'll probably wheel out. There's more headgear on show here than in Silence of the Lambs. That's a <laughs> that's his kind of thing there because we've got cleaner than I was first, expecting. Eh? That was cleaner than I was expecting. That's a result. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm keeping <laughs> it clean this week. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you look at the head, the headgear stats aren't preferable uh, to any of the four that, that are wearing it for the first time. You've got Thizard's north from six, uh, Honeyball's north from three. Um, Venetia Williams is three from 29 and uh, Amy Murphy is one from 48 with blinkers in, in re- all in recent years so they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't give you that much that much kind of like hope but I'm probably damn I mean I wasn't expecting Fanny and Destreval to be fives in here uh, if ever a horse might be perked up by cheap pieces to jolly him up a bit early then then he's probably the one uh, yeah, I, I don't think he's got that much to find either. I mean, I, obviously, I was all over Hitman in the King George. He was a massive drifter before the race. Uh, and he just jumped badly. You know, he he did travel like it, like he had done previously. Uh, and obviously, he came back having bled. But was that kind of like, did that happen before he jumped and traveled badly? I, I'm not so sure. I mean, the key to him might be allowing him to get out in front and, and dictate his own pace. But there are competition for the lead here. No, for all, he is a bit of a quirky sort. Uh, the, the first time cheap pieces may help. And it's all about the price, isn't it? And I probably have him a bet at north of seven to two. Uh, and that's the kind of like general place in the marketplace. If the fires are still there, obviously, I think you're onto a, a very good trade at the very least. Even though, even though having said that, he, he, he might hit eight, ten times his price in run if he started off as he did in the uh, in the Coral Gold Cup. Mm-hmm. Okay. On we go then to the three o'clock uh, over the two miles, half a furlong. This is the bet for exchange game spirit chase. And up at the top of the betting, that man again, Paul Nichols, this time with Grenatine, Harry Cobden once again in the saddle. Grenatine is four to nine as we look at the market right now. Obviously, when we last saw him, got overturned by Edward Stone at Sandown. But other than that, has been an excellent form. Funambul Savola next best for Venetia Williams. Charlie Deutsch again at fives. Elixir Denuts, Joe Tizar, Brendan Powell, sixes. Um, Malistic in there for Peter Niven at eights. Mortlack, 66s after that. So, well, the rank outsider. So, essentially, do we want to vote against Grenatine here, Dan? Not really. I have no compulsion to to oppose him, really. I, I can't get behind most of the others. Venetia's horse, Funambul, hasn't really fired, and it was a weak champion chase. Grenatine just has the classic. Nichols will have him ready, and I think that'll probably be good enough. Okay, so that's that. Moving on. Kevin, can you be as succinct, please? Yeah. Surely goes and wins. Right. Um, you'd, be very, you'd be very disappointed if he didn't. Um yeah, look, very, very hard to pick out. Okay, fair enough. What about you, TC? You on the same boat? Do you see him just winning? I've got an admission to make. I, I've opposed him by mistake this morning. 
<laughs> I was rushing around trying to take some early prices. And I and I backed Fun and Rule Civilla at seven to one each way by mistake. I thought I was backing Fanny and Destrel in the yeah. pre- <laughs> so I was Jeez. like, bloody Venetia, right? Oh, but she stopped doing stuff like that. Anyway, as soon as I as soon as I pressed it, I thought, bollocks. But um yeah, I'll, I'll win now. Probably, I'll win now. I'll probably lay it, I'll, if I can get rid of it on the exchange, I will do for the win part anyway. Um but yeah, so no, I look grenadine. Like, someone someone texted me over the week and said, "Look, me, I don't. He's like me. Doesn't back on. Uh, back, doesn't back odds on. He just think of, that's it's Grenadine anti-post because John Bomb was in there two to one second favorite thing. So John, uh, Grenadine here four to six anti-post is probably one of the better odds on bets you'll ever see. And you got four to six of happy days. Um, I actually don't think four to nine is that bad a price either. But he's. I think he'll get his. He'll get his ground. He's had a break. Okay. Even, you know, a lot of people were underwhelmed by his second in the Tingle Creek, but that's good enough to win this, clearly. So, yeah, Grinitine at 4 9 is probably a very fair price at 4 9. Okay, keeping it simple. Let's roll on to the Betfair hurdle um, <clears throat> over the two miles. Obviously, a huge amount of prize money up for grabs, just under 90k to the winner. And it is Filey Bay for Emmett Mullins up at the top of the market at seven to two. Uh, Hacker de Plas next for Paul Nichols at sixes. Aker Allen for the Mullins team at sevens. Rue Bo in there for Paul Nichols again at eights. Is no ordinary Joe nines. That's the top few in the betting anyway. Uh, but Filey Bay for JP, Emmett Mullins, Donna Mailer in the saddle. Uh, Dan, two questions. Who do you fancy and have you ever been to Filey? I've been near Filey. It's near Scarborough, isn't it? Yeah, lovely spot. Right on the coast. <laughs> Where's Scarborough? <laughs> the east, would you say east, east coast of England, is it, V? Yes, well, it's on the Don't east. Don't be genuinely. Oh. If you gave me a map, I wouldn't know where to start. Next yeah. question. <laughs> Where's your... Apo- apologies to Scarborough. Filey? <laughs> you, you obviously have Vanessa. <laughs> Filey's like, Filey's class. Like, Filey Bay. <laughs> Yeah, we know I, the name I, of the horse, yeah. I'm um, I'm a big fan of those sort of weathered British seaside towns. Most of you go around with your head in your hands thinking, Ooh, it looks nice. This should deteriorate, but it's, uh, yeah, you're right. It, it's a nice place. Anyway, yeah, I don't want yeah, to sidetrack right. on this. It's not a travel programme. Yeah, um, most of those places, your mother's your auntie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. He just rocks out. Come on. Dan. I just think this is rock hard as you'd hope. I think I'm sure I wasn't, I didn't do anything about it, but I was thinking earlier in the week, I'm going to back First Street each way for this with extra places. And because of the ground situation, it might cut up a bit, but, um, and you get four places when there's only three places on the day. But um, it's really stood up the field. It's a cracking field. And I've come down on the side ultimately at the price on Teddy Blue in the belief that the claim, five pound claim of Kaylin Quinn. And a strongly run race, which this headstrong horse has been crying out for, are the things that will get him to click it all into place. He's shown a lot of ability, but he's pulled hard. Most famous, of course, for taking that hurdle with him at Linkfield the other week. But um, I think he's got more more to offer. And I think these are the circumstances when he'll show it for a stable who've won this at least three times. A Love quick it. one of an essay. Do you remember when they briefly tried to rename Newbury, the race course, Newbury? Yes. And, and, and everybody laughed at them because it was ridiculous. Yeah. I know where the company behind that uh, brand switch have now gone. They've gone to Filey because when I Google Filey, there's a resort there called the Bay. Filey. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nicely done. Filey. 
Very good. Well, they charged about 200 grand for that as well, didn't they? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Jermaine Jean is heading up the campaign. <laughs> oh, low blow, low blow. Go on, TC. Uh, <laughs> oh, dear. That was, that was answer that Jermaine question, yeah? Anyway. Um, yeah, I, uh, I put up too early in the week. Um, I put up Favoir each way at 33s and I tipped Dear Mark Winone at 25s. I still like the look of those, but the sportsbook are a bit defensive about them at the moment. I if I'm gonna if I'm gonna back one of them again at the current prices, it'd probably be Favoir win only. But uh yeah, I the the, the case for Favoir is it's just another one of these skeleton horses that he's got ridiculously well handicapped. I mean, granted Favoir's more exposed than all the rest, but uh, well, for most of all the rest, but you know he's 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 already five pound lower than when a good third in the mall battle. Um, you know he was he didn't look off a yard behind uh, no ordinary Joe at, at Kempton, but he is a horse that can flatter to deceive because he travels really well for it out uh, his races, and, and even the trainers said he's a bit of a monkey. But uh, he's got he's a well handicapped horse. He's one from one at the track. He's only been beaten once or on good or quicker ground. Um, I think he's four from five on that. And like I said, if it does ride on the quick side, not many are proven in it. Uh, and he is. Um, and they put on cheap pieces for the first time since he, he ran in them in the King World Hurdle uh, when he was a 25 to one shot in a full runner race. So um, given that he's quite a quirky sort, then, then you know, the, the cheap pieces might uh, might help. Dear Mark is just a, just, it's a very simple case for him. He's improving. Uh, they found out how to ride him. I think they even got there too. They went off. They got after him after the last at Kempton last time. And he still got there too soon. Um, he's a real strong traveller into the race, and you'll get a better. But he's six pound higher than when you know gagging up at Kempton last time, and you'll get a better handle on that race when Caleb, who's the outsider in the Sydney Banks, a bit later on, very similar to the the form boost that Rubel supporters once um, after rare edition runs in that race as well. So. Yeah, I think Favre's got a really lot going for him. I do worry about he will find one of these a bit too well handicapped. And obviously you have to you have to respect Filey Bay. You know, the irony of that one winning in the fog last time is, is something to behold, isn't it? And Icar Allen, I can see why the money's come for that now. I mean, he was he was a fifth, he drifted to 50 to one on the exchange earlier in the week, Icar Allen, and everyone thinks, oh, he's not gonna run. And the last traded price on him just before the market suspended on Thursday morning was 32. So him coming here took a lot of people unawares. But in short, oh, really? <laughs> in, the, in, short in the current price, at uh, the current price is Favois. Okay, Favois is currently 14s on the sports book and just got confirmation f- through that the sports book is paying six places on the bet. Six. six. Six places, massive. Um, Kev, who do you fancy, please? Um, yeah, like finally, Bay, we better give him a bit of attention because look, he's going to be the short price fab, etc. And um, sure, look, Emmett Mullins has this game figured out in a, in this new dawn of a retrospective improvement in form inquiries. He's got it all figured out. He just buys them when they're already handicapped and then <laughs> improves them out of all recognition. Uh, so there's no comeuppance. Uh, great by Paul Byrne, who obviously stuck in the Noble Yates. Um, uh, he sourced him, etc., and he's having great success with this type of horse. And um, yeah, look, he's he's bolted up twice, and the two times that he's won, in fairness, that the jockeys involved like have clearly been riding him to win by the minimum. 
Um, so how much more is there to come? It's, it's hard to know, but you wouldn't be surprised if there was plenty because he was showing quite a bit of promise for um, no disrespect to a trainer that, that has literally never had a winner on the track. Um, so now that he's with Emmett, I'd say there could be um, even more to come. Um, but I do prefer the other Irish Raider in the same colours, um, the aforementioned Ikari Allen, who didn't seem to like the runner until Willie Mullins clearly at the last second decided he was going to run because um, he has an appealing profile himself. Um, he was knocking around in amongst the, the best juveniles last season. We've seen a few of them have already jumped up and improved. And but more so than anything, really, it was that comeback run at Fairy House that, that was particularly eye-catching. Um, traveled really well, caught the eye from a long way out, um, didn't get the, the clearest of runs late on uh, and wasn't heavily persevered with late on. Um, so you you know, you wouldn't be surprised now that the type of rating he has is ideal for all the big handicap hurdles, and they've chosen to have a crack at this one. And yeah, I, I think he's got the right set of tools for a race like this. Um, I think the ground is going to be okay. And um, yeah, the fact that he's coming over now is is really interesting because he would have been a very natural candidate for you know either the race the Gaelic Warrior won last weekend or for something like the County Hurdle. So that he's coming here, is, it's really interesting. And I'm, I'm prepared to take a chance on him. Okay. Love it. We've got plenty of selections in the Betfair hurdle, and rightly so. Um, let's move across to Warwick. We've got three races to cover from Warwick, and we get to see some nice horses over there. We start with the Handicap Chase. Don't need to do the full race title anymore. It's over the two miles, four furlongs, and Stolen Silver is your six to four favourite from Galahad Quest for the Jane Williams team at five to two. Dan, did you have a strong fancy in the first at Warwick? It, not strong, but a, a price-based one to some extent. It's These races, I always say, I'm... I'd like to find a reason why I can get against the short price five. And really, there's very little wrong with stolen silver. But I do think Knight of Dubai should be second favourite. And he was six to one as I refreshed refresh the prices in one place. Um, he's been difficult since he won a couple as a novice. I put him up at Ascot last season and he ended up getting racing too far out. But he's dropped again in the weights. I have a feeling that the skeletons, given it's Warwick, will have laid him out for this since he was seen around Christmas time, before Christmas, and this would have been the plan all along. I anticipate him being returned to positive tactics and seeing more more of what he's capable of, and 6-1 to one was too big. and He might go off threes and still get beaten by stolen silver. There's very little wrong with a favourite. Okay, night in Dubai, currently 100-30 for the skeleton team. Kev, strong fancy in this at all anywhere? Actually, look, you could probably guess it. You know, clear top weight, high class handicap chase, like stolen silver. Like he, he doesn't have like a giant amount of mileage at two and a half miles. Um, in fairness, and look, he, he primarily operates around Cheltenham, and that seems to suit him well. But um, I don't see anything in him that suggests that Warwick won't be just fine for him. Um, he, he ran once there a couple of years ago, ran fine for for what he was doing at the time. It was it was a perfectly good run, and. Um, yeah, look, look, I thought he'd take off a whacking, to be honest. Um, despite okay. giving away all the weight, um, I, I think these, these the horses with this profile are, are actually well in, in these circumstances. So I'll take my chance with stolen silver, even as the fav. Okay, at six to four, and it might be a bit of a favourites game at Warwick on Saturday. Well, in the races we're covering anyway. But TC, were you looking elsewhere away from stolen silver? 
No, I won't have a bet in the way. Galahad, the first time cheap pieces with Galahad Quest is quite interesting, but it's very similar. It's easy to see him very much like um, Fanny and Destavelle. It's easy to see them helping him out because, but, you know, he's he's just become a non-winner, isn't he? I mean, if, if someone told you that in his nine subsequent starts um, after that massively eye-catcher at Weatherby in October 2021, if someone said to you he's not going to win on his next nine starts, mm. you know, you... You'd hard, you'd hard to believe it, given how well he's shaped there. But he's, he's just a very much a nearly horse. If the headgear, even though he's a pound out of the race, even if the if the headgear works, then he could he could eat these up off a mark, that mark. But um, he's not a horse you want to be backing in small fields, probably at uh, around about three to one. Okay, let's move on then to the two o five. This is the Mayor's Hurdle. It's a listed contest over the two miles, five furlongs. And we get to see Love Envoy here for Harry Fry, Johnny Burke, regular jockey in the saddle, and is the current four to six favourite in this Mayor's Hurdle, ahead of Theatre Glory at nine to four for Nicky Henderson. Molly Ollie's Wishes, pretty decent yardstick at tens in races like this. Same sort of rules apply for Indefatigable, who's at 14s as well. So some pretty solid individuals. Sky Ace, 20 to... 22 to 1 currently. Um, there's some pretty solid types in here, I guess, but it's all about Love Envoy. She was so impressive when we last saw her again in Mayor's Company. That was at Sandown. And surely she just, we can keep this simple, Dan, and she just wins this, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, four to six is slightly skinny enough for me, considering that a maid aim is not winning this, it's winning at Cheltenham. And I'm not saying she's a mudlark because at Cheltenham last season, the Mayor's Novice, it was good to soft, but she does really power through soft ground like not many horses do and conditions aren't going to be like that at Warwick. I retain a lot of faith in Theatre Glory and I think she can close the gap. Um, oh. She she went very wide in that Kempton race, which is pretty strong anyway, the Grey Dawning form, because he came out and won. Um, he beat the horse I put up, Ginny's Destiny, didn't he? He goes in the Sydney Banks today at, um, at Kempton. And Theatre Glory ran in that race, went as well as any for a long way, but was brought very wide into the straight. And I thought Nick was quite late really getting stuck into her. Obviously thought that he couldn't finish better than third. And she ran on fairly eye-catchingly. Um, I thought she might be one for the Mayor's Hurdle, actually, this season. I think they need to supplement her. But they go in here, I guess, with a, a view to seeing whether she's worth that. And I think she can make... I think she can give Love, Love Envoy a real scare here under these conditions. She's a quick mayor and... I think nine to four is too big for that prospect to, to occur. Okay, interesting. There's a ten pound official difference between them, but there's only a two pound difference with the conditions of this race. Um, Kev, over to you for this. Yeah, I don't want to pick at her too much now because I think she's quite love envoy. I think she's like a very talented mare. Um, and she's looked better than ever in her two this season. Like I personally think she'd have no problem coming back in trip. Like I think she's got lots of gears. Like like you watch her last time. Like they dropped her in to ride her quiet, and like she's tanked her way up to a prominent position. You know, in the middle of the race, um, her jumping is very good. She was kind of found herself in front early enough, and she just kind of cruised away. Um, so I, I'd have no like if they ran her in something at the county hurdle, I think she'd have a great chance. Um, but she does shoehorn her into the mayor's hurdle, I suppose, like the rest of them. Um, and look, I thought at these weights, she, she was going to take whacking, even if they ran. This is a handicap and she was carrying the top weight. I think she'd probably still be a shade of odds on to win. And um, I'd still favor her there. Um, like she's won over course and distance for all her pace. 
and um, yeah, I, I think she's she's very difficult to oppose. And there's a couple of those this this um, this Saturday, Vanessa, in our races. But what can you do? He would have a big acca line, don't wouldn't he? <laughs> oh, he'll be he'll be oh. acking acking up to the max. Can you imagine? <laughs> He'd be all over that multiple. First ever five timer as a nap. After, after Leopardstown last weekend, I don't mean you have any, have any money left. <laughs> hey, honestly, it's, it, honestly, it's so annoys me. It's like, oh, oh, it's too short to back at one to three. Oh, I'll stick it in a knacker. <laughs> bad value in a single, it's a bad value in a knacker. <laughs> do, you, do you have any... Oh, hello, Rex. Do you have any... Um, Rex? Rex has piped up. I, I, yeah, I, I do. I have to be careful what I say, actually. I thought... Um, I thought the sports were good going the tightest on the two. They're going four, six, nine to four. Elsewhere, I think it's about twos, uh, twos on a three. So they're in the feet of glory camp. And, and so was I, really. But I'm just wondering, Dan might be able to tell me a bit better there. Nico really didn't get serious on this horse uh, until after the last the last time. And I thought he, or she shaped really well at, at mm. Kenton. Um, and I'm just wondering whether... They want to get too close to Love Envoy on eight pound worse terms and on official miles because if she does give Love Envoy a go, then she's going to go up in the weights before the Cheltenham handicaps. Right? Would there be a natural fit for her at somewhere like Cheltenham, Dan? Well, I did the Cheltenham Only Better podcast in the week where reviewing day one and Jerry Maguire's obviously works with Hendo still. He re- it was him who referenced the idea that they might be looking to supplement her if she does perform with real credit in this, which. I suppose they've got both options, haven't they? If she runs well, they can supplement her and go for the mares, but they've still got the fallback of entering her for one of the handicaps. So, like, what I saw at Heckington last time, a mark of 137 is 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 very workable like that. So I, I just bear, bear in mind, but with that doubt in mind, I probably wouldn't have a bit in the race. But um, if you offered me freeze fear of glory against you know four six love envoy, I'd, I'd probably go fear of glory for all I've got my doubts. Okay, fair enough. On to the 2.40 we go. This is the last race we'll be looking at. And this is, of course, where we get to see John Bond. This is in the Kingmaker Novices Chase. It's the grade two. It's over the two miles. And John Bond is at one to five at the top of the market, looking to continue his warpath to the Arkle, having last been seen at the start of December at Sandown. He takes on Haddock's Desobo for Gary Moore at nine to two. Base Rock is in there for Sandy Thompson at 20s. Uh, basically massive prices the remainder what i guess well it's a betting podcast so put your tips up but i guess also the secondary question is what are we hoping to see from john bond here dan i'm hoping to i don't i don't think he's about in the race on saturday but i do think there's potential scope for him to be a shortener i know people will see his fives on and they won't react but Alex Dezobo is pretty much like dysart dynamo was for el fabiolo he's the sort of horse that could draw something pretty big i think out of John Bond. The track looks ideal for John Bond, doesn't it? He's so athletic and agile. Ping over those fences in the back. Alex Dezobo, I think, will ping every fence. I think he could set John Bond up to run into a, a figure that surpassed anything El Fabiolo did last weekend. And Ooh. that make that puts you in the camp of do you back him now at six to four, eleven to eight for the for the Arkle. Uh, and I wouldn't put anybody off doing so because I think he could be pretty special on Saturday. Wow. Big t- big chat about John Bond from Dan. Big talk indeed. Do you concur those thoughts, Kev? No, I, I just I would, <laughs> I, would, I would read I would read it slightly <laughs> differently. We uh, in that 
if I'm the team around this horse now and I'm saying, right, look, last step before Cheltenham, he's going to be long odds on. He's going to win more than likely. What do we want to achieve? And for me, uh, the most important thing to do with John Bond here is not make the running. Um, he's made the running um, both his starts over fences. Looking ahead to the Arkle, Dysart Dynamo is almost certainly going to be in there. And you're not going to lead him because if you do, you're probably going way too fast. So for me, there there is front runners in here, as Dan has mentioned. I'd just be sure to tuck in and just try and make it a real educational exercise, get him to shorten up, you know, just try, really try and educate him. And you don't have to give him a hard race and doing it either. You know, to me, um, drop in, take your time, win by four or five lengths, job done, and we go to Cheltenham without uh, without any feathers ruffled, but with... um. What's that expression? Uh, upgrading the software without without damaging the hardware. Um, that, that's that's what I that's what I think I should be aiming to do here. Get some education in without um, putting any great miles on the clock. Okay, fascinating. It's going to be very interesting indeed. See how it pans out. Any bet in the race for UTC? No, I I, I was massively impressed by Haddock des Oboe last time. Obviously, they're both. In, it was obviously in the low one thirties in the handicap, but you know. Both of them have come out of one since the second and third, uh, and he just looked—he looked a proper tool there. But you know, he's up against a, a pretty mighty weapon. And what we've seen so far, the tactics is going to be key, isn't it? Um, all four have gone forward on their last start, um, so it could be a bit of a bun fight up there. I, I do think Haddock to Zobo is—he's arguably a very plausible Arkan outsider, uh, and there's a few nibbles around him in advance of this on the exchange for the article today. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think it'll be a cakewalk for John Bond. I think Haddock to Zobo getting five pounds, even on official ratings, I don't think there's, I think there's only six or seven pounds between them at these weights. So it's not a foregone conclusion, mm. um, but no, it's, it's not a betting race for me. I wish he'd have run in that handicap last week at Sandown. He'd have been, he'd have been well, good around there, wouldn't Yeah. Yeah, he was in the, one of them. He, obviously he was also in, the, in at Newbury as well, wouldn't he? Mm. You yeah. just used two um, old school sayings there, cakewalk and bun fight. And just going back to damp the damp squid situation with you. Yeah, it's bum fight, isn't it? I I thought for forever it was bum fight. Bum it is. <laughs> what? Is it actually bum fight? What, B-U-M? I always thought um, it was that thing that they do in America, which isn't very pleasant between two people on the streets. Two bums. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it is bun fight. What bun is in a bun that you would eat? Well, it, uh, yeah, you could say it that way, but it's it's not in this particular context. <laughs> a, a heated argument. <laughs> it's, a damp, it's a damp squid. It's a damp squid. Either way, one. many of us should be relieved, I suppose, that it's not actually a bun fight. Anyway. I, I know you probably went to a, a private school, but... <laughs> When you have a when you have a scrap in the playground, did you, <laughs> you get your asses out and had a fight? <laughs> I definitely did not go to private I school. Thought, <laughs> you know what I thought you were going to have a go at there was more like my lack of education on British things, but instead you went down a different route. I like it. Um, actually, Vanessa, you're actually right. The term appears to have arisen in reference to formal teas and dinners given by high-ranking members of Victorian society, as in picking up an old bond that you eat. And throw it at each other. There you go. Yeah, that's what we do up there. Yeah. Lots of Loving that. a bun fight. <laughs> um, it's a very, very educational podcast, lads. 
very educational these days. And that's a we find, we find we find our way eventually. <laughs> next week we'll it, next week we'll do is it ditch water or dish or water? Dish, finally solved <laughs> next week. That will never be solved. That right. will never be solved. As Barry R goes mad. <laughs> He's losing it right now. Let's do naps, guys. And it's a jolly good job that we are an educational podcast because at the moment, me and Kev are not tipping any winners on here. Kev, well, I know I'm going to go first because I'm tipping up Fanny and Destreval in the 225. And I think that Dan Barber was going to tip him up as his nap. So I needed to get that in there first. Is that all right, Dan? Well, I'm going to tip him as well. So oh, both of us. Okay, Fanny fine. Destreval for me as well, please. Great, fine. Fanny and Destreval for you. I'll go next then, because sod it, I'm coming with you. So Yay! free hand, Fanny and Destreval. Oh. No Fanny in a round. Go on. <laughs> go on, Kev. <laughs> I'm going to go free Karee Dallin in the big one, the Beth Fair hurdle. Excellent. Um, we, we win only, just for clarity's sake, because, um, yeah. If yeah. just if in case anyone needs a reason to tune into the visual version of this podcast, then reason number one is Rex joining the show occasionally. Rex, right? I do, I do, I do, I do. What I don't know if you mentioned it in your spiel about the race earlier. Do you remember when um, the Willie Mullins JP Horsiel Dinesh broke your heart in this 2020? Oh man, I was yeah, in Copenhagen. I've, I've had a couple of heartbreakers in this race. Oh really? That was one. Oh dear. That was one. What happened? He hit the front too soon yeah. and swerved or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it Pick, Pick Dahi won that? Soon. Was it Pick Dahi for Nichols, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh-oh. Barry, Where's Barry that now, eh? Barry's shouting again. We need to wrap up the show, guys. <laughs> uh, thanks very much, as always. Enjoy Betfair Super Saturday, Betfair Hurdle Day. Very exciting indeed. Do get involved with the Bet 10, Get 10 offer, but read the show's description for the T's and C's <laughs> and please opt in. Gamble responsibly out there. Enjoy your weekend, but do gamble responsibly. And if you like, if you fancy it, then please do hit subscribe on our YouTube channel. We appreciate the support as always. Enjoy your weekend. We will see you again on Monday with Wade In.